1: Hello and welcome to a bumper episode of Cinema at Home, Netflix edition. It's been a while since our last episode, so we've got tons of content for you all to enjoy. As ever, joining me are the renowned Ranjit Nanra, the curvaceous Craig Fields, and the (laughs) delectable David Long.
2: Ranjit, how's it going? Oh, it's going, it's going really well, Herbie. Um, Well, I've been up to. uh, I've recently purchased uh, Ghost of Shishima on. PS4, which is uh, have you heard about it? The uh, Japanese samurai game.
3: No, I haven't heard of it. I can't. We have it. now. We have now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really good. It's um, it's a bit like a, a bit like a Red Dead Redemption, but set in medieval Japan. Toby and I have been talking about it a lot, and I think he's uh, way more ahead of it in the game than I am. It's just so much to do, so so many side missions and stuff. But it just looks absolutely gorgeous, and there's a kurosawa mode, so you can play the game. In black and white, and it's almost like a old Japanese samurai film. So it's really wow. cool. Wow! I yeah,
3: bet. It's very I bet.
1: Cinematic. I bet the yeah. gaming
3: bear, one of our regular listeners, would absolutely adore uh, learning some more about that game if he hasn't already.
2: Yeah,
0: invested. He's in probably it. played it.
3: Probably it. Good old gaming bear. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it's a brilliant game. Craig Hayden.
3: I'm very well, thank you. Um, I I do have uh, <laughs> something to reveal to you. I. I have a bit of an addiction at the minute. It's okay, cool. um, we're, we're here for you. Yeah, it's uh, a, a bourbon or bourbon addiction. I mean, I'm never quite sure what, how to pronounce it because it's spelled bourbon, isn't it? It smelled bourbon. Well, it's still the same thing. It spelled exactly B- the same way bourbon and
1: bourbon. <laughs> um, bourbon. Bourbons are the biscuits, bourbon is exactly.
3: the drink. Exactly. Well, I, I don't. He <laughs> <I, laughs> just openly I, said he had a bourbon addiction. I, I, exactly. I don't have an addiction to alcohol, but I do have an addiction <laughs> to biscuits. And um, over the last
1: five
3: months, I've <laughs> been so funny, s- snacking so badly on, on, on bourbon biscuits and dipping them in tea every night. And I've since put on two stone because of this. I I assume it's because (laughs) of this anyway. Um, But I've been like, I've been really confused by the bourbon because I I go into the supermarkets and there's never a branded version of the bourbon biscuit. You know, and for those of you who don't actually know what the bourbon biscuit actually is, it's, it's two pieces of very dark biscuity chocolate with a nice creamy chocolate bit of chocolate inside it i suppose mm. um and it's absolutely my favorite biscuit of all time and as i say i do have a bit of an addiction to it um, <laughs> bourbon bourbon it's a bur- i mean it's spelled exactly the same um so i've never been i mean if any listeners out there who are um complete nuts on biscuits and uh know whether or not this bourbon is a bourbon or a bourbon or a bis- biscuit or whatever it is um they are either way delectable please let us know what um whether or not I am going completely mad, um, <laughs> David, how are you? We've got some biscuit facts here. Are you not going to go through those? I mean, I could.
2: <laughs> you <laughs> have to know.
3: <laughs> you've got. You've got to read that. Well, for anyone who finds them rather unfamiliar um, to themselves, um, the biscuit is, in fact. Um, uh, introduced in 1910 by the biscuit company Peak Friends of Bermondsey, London. And it was the uh, same originator of the Gary Baldy Biscuits. So there you go, guys. Some facts. I, ap- I,
0: I got to apologise to our listeners. Firstly, you just opened up about an alcohol addiction, <laughs> then changed it to a biscuit addiction. Now we've had some biscuit-based facts. This is the best podcast ever. <laughs> How are you? Um, well, if we're going to be talking about health, I've I've quit smoking. Um, Woo! Okay. Woo! Uh, uh, well, <laughs> I knew you would say that. Last time I quit, I quit for I think four or five months. I'm what? What day are we today? Blah blah. blah. I'm two and a half weeks in um and i'm feeling i'm feeling pretty good i've taken up swimming again um so i've got a That's new mo- i've got a new morning routine i'm up at six thirty every day uh, or most days i do have a lie-in on sundays i'm not gonna lie and when i say lie-in i mean like till midday if i'm, <laughs> if I'm not <laughs> that is ridiculous if i'm not at work um but yeah so 6 get up yeah um walk to the gym go for a nice swim come home go to work, uh, and I'm doing that, I say every day, I'm doing that three times a week. So if I don't get up early, I get on my normal time for work, which is about half eight. Okay. Um, but the day's off, I'm getting up late. But health-wise, you're doing well. I'm, 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 I'm well, Mr. Fields, I'm well. Uh, which brings me on to our next wonderful guest. Uh, guest? Uh, what am I talking about? Producer, co-producer, the esteemed Herbie. How art thou?
1: that's me yeah I'm alright I'm not too bad um, I've got a brief response to Craig's earlier query about bourbon biscuits bourbon biscuits oh god <laughs> <laughs> it's more, it's, I was like Craig you fool and now I'm thinking it's more difficult than I thought we actually sell in our farm shop just to say mm-hmm. uh, location info will be provided upon request Yeah. Um, uh, we've got foxes biscuits because we do because ah. they, they do custard creams as well let me yeah. tell you those
3: guys know a thing or two about biscuits <laughs> <laughs>
1: I thought that was a a dream.
3: (laughs) That's incredible, Herbie. Because I look everywhere for a branded version of the biscuit, but all I can find is Sainsbury's own, or Asda's own, or Tesco's own. And And like, where where are the branded versions?
1: There must be like an official, like a single producer of these biscuits because they're exactly the same in all the supermarkets. I mean, I haven't done, a, like, a blind taste test, but they're all just the same biscuit, so... I I,
3: I have done oh. a couple of tests, <laughs> and I've had them from Marks and & Spencers and Sainsbury's and Tesco, and I can oh, reveal that the, the number one bourbon biscuit is, in fact, Marks & Spencer. It oh, tastes look
1: at me. very and different, and you get more
3: in the packet for p. Oh, i got a
1: Sparks card! <laughs>
3: Sainsbury's! <laughs> I do have a Nectar card. Sainsbury's, however... <laughs> Theirs is a bit more expensive and you get less in the packet, I think. And it doesn't taste quite as good, but I seem to be getting more from Sainsbury's for some reason. Either way, I'll take them either way because I like dunking them in tea. Mm. Anyway, um, nonetheless, Tesco's in last.
2: Can I just uh, give a hot take on chocolate bourbon biscuits? Yeah. Here we go. (laughs) I think they are the most overrated biscuit ever. Oh, my ears.
1: Craig's life has just come crashing down. Sorry, Craig. <laughs> the last few I'm, months.
2: I don't think they're that good. I really don't. What's your favourite you biscuit the then, Ranjit? Oh, my favourite biscuit. Um, Waggon wheel. Does Jaffa Cakes count?
1: Oh, no, shut right. up. Oh,
0: that's a cake. No, that's a t- or <laughs> is it a biscuit? I can't believe oh, no.
1: you've got us
2: onto this. Because Imagine is... saying
1: bourbons, bourbons. Imagine saying those chocolate biscuits are overrated and then saying you think Jaffa Cakes.
2: Okay, McFitties. Uh, chocolate
1: digestives are the best I mean that's a shout, I'll give you that oh, one.
3: no, Herbie move us on quick
1: <laughs> uh, My addiction is Pokemon cards <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking This about has addictions. gone from is
0: it worth it to let's all talk about our addictions <laughs> <laughs> I love it
1: Move us on quick Wonderful, now that the formalities are out of the way <laughs> and we haven't gone off topic at all let's get into the show start off with let's talk about the old guard which arrived on netflix on the 10th of july would you believe it the old guard stars as theron and is about a group of mercenaries all centuries old immortals with the ability to heal themselves who discover that someone is onto their secret and they must fight to protect their freedom uh let's start with a clip which i believe craig has beautifully prepared for us
3: i do indeed
2: I don't know he's okay
1: that's sweet
3: what is it your boyfriend
0: you're a child an infant your mocking is thus infantile he's not my boyfriend this man is more to me than you can dream he's the moon when I'm lost in darkness and warmth when I shiver in cold and his kiss still thrills me even after a millennium his heart overflows with a kindness of which this world is not worthy of I love this man beyond measure and reason he's not my boyfriend He's all and he's more
3: incurable romantic.
1: Well, that was very poetic, wasn't it? Quite lovely, nice way to start off. Um, so, yeah, I'll kick things off by saying. And it feels really mean coming after that clip which was so <laughs> which is so unlike the sort of film you'd expect going in but i i was very much whelmed by this film not over not under i just sort of mm. it was interesting It had a lot of moments where i was sort of like yeah this is doing something a bit different the action i thought was all really well done and that's coming from someone who's not an action buff um at all but i thought it was um interesting and it sort of it, it kept you engaged, which I think is quite tricky for a film that is so action-heavy and so sort of I can't think of quite the right words. Not not flowing from scene to scenes. It wasn't just all action, but there's a lot of action in there. There's a lot of violence, and it does it keeps you engaged all the way through, which I think is quite impressive. And that's that's helped by Charlize Theron, who is excellent in the I mean any sort of role. She's yeah. she's just absolutely brilliant, yeah. isn't she? And. Um, She's done some more action films. I remember, I was going to say it's last year, but it's certainly a lot longer than last year when Atomic Blondes came out. A lot of people were talking about that and her role in that and how mm. she sort of performed and the physicality of the role. And this one's quite similar in that way. Completely different in all other aspects, but sheerly the physicality of Charlize Theron and what she can do is very impressive. Um, and I, did, I, I think it had some really interesting parts, like the clip we just heard, heard I mean, that sounds like something out of "Call Me by Your Name," not a sort of superhero action film. And yeah. that's the sort of film this is. It, it, it's far, it's it's a lot more diverse than you'd have thought, in a lot of ways, while also sort of being 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 victim to to, to the tropes of its own genre, which mm. any of these sort of films are. It's it's hard to escape the genre, and which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I think a lot of people think that genre films are out and outdated, and 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 they need to do just more than what they are. And this one does do more, and it also embraces the fact that it is an action film. It is like a, it, it's not a superhero film as such, but it has sort of supernatural abilities in it, and it and it rolls fully with those. And I think that's quite interesting to see. And I thought as well, it was a very nicely shot film. There are a lot of really nice sort of scenes in there, just in the composition, and I really like the colours in it as well, which sounds really infantile (laughs) now that you say it. Now that I've said it out loud, I like the colours, but it was, it was, it's a very pretty film to watch, which is, which is one, one of the things that makes it more interesting as well than just your sort of standard action film. It certainly transcends the genre in a lot of ways. And this is a lot of positive feedback for someone who not two minutes ago said that they were thoroughly whelmed by this film, but I I wasn't particularly surprised by it. I think it's sort of a lot of the directions it took weren't particularly unusual or like whoa couldn't believe that happened but then that's not necessarily a bad thing i don't think it's a bad film that i think that i was whelmed by this film that i was sort of i took it for what it was i watched it and i probably wouldn't watch it again because it's not that sort of film i think but it's the one where you you can watch it once take it all in enjoy it and then maybe in a few years watch it again but i wasn't it's not like some films where you have you're itching to watch it as soon as possible yeah uh yeah so, sorry that that, that wittered on a little bit. <laughs> Ranji, what have you got to say?
2: Um so yeah I I was really looking forward to this film. Um it's it's based off the comic book by Greg Rucker who uh, also wrote the screenplay. And I've been a big Greg Greg Rucker fan for a long time. He's written some he's written some of the best uh Wonder Woman stories to come out from the last like 10 years or so. Um when DC did a big relaunch of their titles about 2 years ago, he was the the starting, uh, the, the, the writer to launch Wonder Woman off again, and he, he absolutely nailed it again. Um, he's written a lot of Superman stories, a lot of Batman stories. So it's, it's a name I've, I've known for a while, um, and he does really well with female-driven stories and female characters. Um, so, yeah, that's, you know, one of the main reasons, maybe if the only reason I really wanted to watch this film is because I was a big fan of Greg Rucker. Um, so when I heard that he was writing screenplay, I was even more excited And as we heard from that clip, there are some really, really uh, brilliant lines in this film and really sort of poetic and uh, emotional lines. But there are also some really uh, (laughs) on-the-nose and cringy lines as well. I just thought it was a really uneven script, and I was really disappointed by that because obviously it's it's written by uh, one of my favourite writers. Mm. Um, And uh, the action scenes you mentioned, them Herbie, they are masterfully directed by... um, Uh, Gina Prince uh, Bythewood it has sort of that sort of John Wick sort of very realistic action uh, visuals to it and I'm so glad that we're now we've now come away from the uh, awful sort of Liam Neeson taken action uh shooting yeah. style where it's you know three different cuts for the same single punch and it's just it's almost headache inducing it's awful to watch and this is a you can see what's happening in these action scenes and we're going to talk about a, another film in this very netflix episode where it does very action scenes in my opinion were terrible um and yeah and then you've got um charlie Steron obviously which is she's absolutely sensational in this film and she always is um you've got a good uh, I really liked Kiki Lane in this film, I'm excited to see what she does next. Yeah. Um and yeah, and another negative to the film is the music. I just
3: Yeah the music <laughs> in this film
2: I, I really hate it when you have a scene in a film where the music tells you is telling you what is happening in the scene, uh what the characters are feeling in the scene. Like it's just it's just too in your face. Um, like you know the the music should just almost be. If you're going to use a song, it shouldn't be that obvious. It shouldn't be that that on the nose. Um, if you get what I'm trying to say, um, yeah, it was, yeah, it was yeah. just. Yeah, it was just. It really did take me out. It was really, really some really odd uh, music choices, um, and of course the, we're following a group of immortal soldiers. So they've been around forever, and there are scenes, flashback scenes of uh, them fighting in old sort of crusades and old really old walls. And I thought that was really interesting and I wanted to see more of that. And I think I think this should have been in like a Netflix series almost. Because yeah. you could have delved into a lot more of that that backstory. Cause in my opinion, that was more important uh, more interesting to me than what was happening in the modern day. Yeah. Um in the modern day you just have um oh, the guy who plays Dudley in Harry Potter. I can't remember his real name. He's the villain <laughs> and he's just an absolutely awful cartoonish villain in this film like he he's a sort of villain that I don't understand why he is a villain in the yeah. first place because this this group of highly trained assassins th- they shouldn't have a problem going up against it. like it's just he's, you know it's, it was awful it was really i think it was bad casting in that in that mm-hmm. um in that aspect in that aspect but yeah i think i think it should have been a netflix series to delve into it uh, let the characters breathe a bit more let the story uh, be a bit more fleshed out um I was meaning to read the comic before I watched the film, but I haven't been able to purchase the comic yet. I still need to buy it. Um, but yeah, like I said, big fan of Greg Rucker. Um and also wanted to give a shout out to the director Gina Prince Bissuth because she she became the first African American um, and the first woman to have the number one trending film on Netflix uh, when this film came out. This film did a huge huge numbers for Netflix, and I think. there's a sequel that has been greenlit I believe um Mm. the sequel will be on its way soon
3: they certainly Um, left it open for that yeah yeah there's a
2: little scene at the end um yeah yeah, so amazing achievement by her um I want to see more of what she can do um and you know it's it's a female directed action film which is I'm so glad we're you know we're at at this stage where that's where that's a thing now and I want to see more of that I want to see more diversity behind the lens um
3: It is interesting, actually. I will come in here very quickly yeah, and go say that, but you know, these streaming services are giving more attention to directors such as Gina here, um, and of different races and different colors and different backgrounds and different genders, um, and allowing them to do the things that they want to do creatively without restricting them. Um, studios of Hollywood and of the past are of the past now, and they need to. To wake up to the streaming services and how they're doing things to be able to, to progress themselves, and yeah. I feel like um, that's not happening quite as quickly in 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 Hollywood as it is in streaming service land or di- you know digital land. I like to call <laughs> it really because yeah. that's what it is. Um, you know, Amazon are giving way to to lots of different um, uh, you know backgrounds as well and and genders and races and whatnot and allowing them to be creative, and it's it's across the whole board, and I'm really pleased with that, and, and as you say, big shout out um, to Gina there, for for, for for achieving such a great achievement there, Um I'd like to hear from David, uh, about the film before I talk any more, if that's okay. Yeah,
0: so I, I think it was interesting, what Herbie said about just being whelmed, and I, I understand, I really, we see all of the films, even the bad ones, so you the listener, don't have to, and I I know that feeling of coming out of a film and being like, that wasn't good, that wasn't bad, it was just very in the middle, mediocre. Yeah, just I was very whelmed by that film. But um, interestingly, the, the Rotten Tomato scores for this film are, are pretty good, um, Craig, uh, Ranji, and Herbie 81% from the critics, 71% from the audience, and as Ranji has touched upon, it has done very well on netflix and one of the reasons why i'll start with the positives about this film um again like greyhound which we spoke about on a previous episode it it starts well there's a you're engaged early on i'm one of those kind of film viewers that i really want to be hooked early Mm. Uh, and the pace at the start of this film was was very very good and it sets the premise up very, very well and Sholly Steron's character is immediately intriguing and I was really, really intrigued by her character. I wanted to know more about her character which is why I think uh, Range is, you know well within his right to say this would have worked really well as a Netflix series because Charlize Theron's character had there was a lot of meat on the bone there and because she'd been around for so long and she'd been through so many wars and so many battles because she was this immortal you almost wanted to see more of her history Um, the action sequences again I totally agree with Ranjit were very very good Um, I thought the soundtrack was very very nice the film did get noticeably heavier and slower in the middle I don't know if you guys noticed that it had quite a fast yeah. pace to begin it had quite an action-packed ending but quite a slow middle and in terms of my negatives about this film there were plenty of plot holes um, for example how were they getting across borders of countries for example you know they're, so they're being hunted down and they're apparently, you know, they're being chased and they're known. And one minute, I, it's been a while since I've seen the film, but one minute they're in country A and then the next minute they're in England. And it's like, well, how did they get across the channel? And it's just little things like that that bug me because it's trying to be believable. But at the same time, some of the believability is questioned. Um, I can't help but feel like, one, this would have been a brilliant Netflix series. Or two, it would have been a fantastic Christopher Nolan film. Um, <laughs> yeah actually it you, would I, have been a totally
3: different film it actually. would have been a
0: totally different film but because it plays on that concept of time and then being not outside of time but time to them is very very different because they live for so so long yeah, the, yeah.
3: That,
0: yeah. That, that I see crystal, where you're coming no, from yeah,
3: in I, I, I can actually totally see where you're coming from in that instance and these characters almost stood s- still as time around them moves, rather yeah. than Absolutely. us, who yeah. sort of feel like we move through time, they don't move at all. Yeah. They're standstill, almost, and, and yeah, I get exactly what you mean by that. I and did have something to say about physics, but
0: I forgot what it was. Physics? <laughs> yeah, it was something to do with entropy and <coughs> decay, and how they were outside of time and Erosion. Have you been
3: reading some Carlo Rovelli? <laughs> <laughs> no, I watched... i tell you what I did watch.
0: It's with that fantastic guy. Is, is his name Brian? Brian Cox. Brian Cox. History. Yeah. Um, Wonders of the Solar System. Bloody, been, I love that stuff. I've been watching that recently. And, yeah, it's just... It fascinates me that they don't age and then they are immortal and they're outside of time. And they said time moves around them. And I think there could have been more made of that. And the, my main problem with it was it, it lacked... I wasn't sure. It was trying to be believable, but at the same time, it was trying to be a superhero film and a comic book film, and it didn't feel balanced to me. Um, I'm not going to talk anymore because I can see Craig in front of me, and he's chomping at the bit. (laughs) Um, <laughs> I'm interested to know what you. And so, finally, I will say it was it was solid. It was a very solid film. Yeah. Um, it was a film that I enjoyed, um, but it's not necessarily a film that I would go out of my way to recommend. If you said, David, should I watch? Hang on,
3: we're going to ask questions.
0: Jumping the gun, yeah. There. yeah. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, I'll I'll, I'll I'll save it. I'm sorry, will yeah, save it. I'll, I'll save it, son. Good.
3: Uh, so I'll come in here then and uh, <laughs> I, pick up I, f- <laughs> from the, 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 the. I'm so sorry. Sorry. The, the, I'll pick at the little bits that are probably left for me to say. There might not be much because I think every single one of you have touched upon every single element of this film that we can possibly touch upon uh, in regards to our opinions. And um, I'll start off at the very top by giving my expressive opinion on whether I liked it or not. And and I agree wholeheartedly with every single one of you. It is mediocre um, it is middle of the ground kind of film um, where it has some elements that are fantastic. It has some elements that are not so great. Um, and it's hard to pinpoint some of them because it is like, it's like a heart rate monitor going up and down constantly, rapidly sometimes. And sometimes it's uh, completely flat lines. Yeah. Um, and it's very dull, but nonetheless, it is, it is a movie that is very action packed. So I'll I'll pick at that first. Um you know, the, the the type of action that we see unfold on screen is mesmerizing. It's very realistic. It's very uh comic book-esque as well at the same time as being very real. Um but it, it that's that's one of its saving saving graces. The story, on the other hand, doesn't really go hand in hand with the realities. As you've said, David, the physics of the films don't don't quite seem to add up. It's interesting, it's intriguing, but it just doesn't ground itself well enough for it to be a fantastic movie. Um, I I think it's well-directed, though. I think the acting within the film is really, really, really good. Whether or not it does justice to the graphic novel is another question. Now, I did buy um, a version of the comic. When I say a version, it's not it's not the version that we see on screen. It's a, probably another story that, that, that I've, I've bought, I've purchased. And I did enjoy the comic very much. So, um, I bought it from chaos city comics in St. Albans. Uh, so big shout out to those guys over there and Marina over there who owns the shop. She's brilliant. Uh, and she directed me to, to what they did have in stock at the minute, because it's been a very popular comic, um, at yeah. the minute. And, and Ranji, as you said, you still haven't even managed to purchase it yet.
2: Yeah. My um, order got uh, canceled. Like, about three times. So I've just cancelled it all together. I'm just going to wait until I can get it properly.
3: Exactly. So uh, Marina over there, she, she pointed me in the direction of what she did have in stock if I wanted to learn a bit more about it. And I did learn an awful lot more about it than I had I, I assumed before I went into seeing the film um, I, I, I found it intriguing the fact that they're immortal I, as you said Ranji, the, the bits of the past the glimpses that we see of, of Charlize Theron's characters um, developing is brilliant but just not enough of it yeah. and I agree it should wholeheartedly be a Netflix series um, David you said there's loads of meat on the bone um, and I think that is an understatement there is so much full-breasted chicken um <laughs> you know there's just a whole chicken to um to to, to, to to carve here and and it just didn't manage to take all the meat off of it at all yeah, and yeah yeah it, it took a sliver it took a little wing that's all it took and <laughs> and there is so much more to, to delve into and bits that are so much more succulent. Um sorry, I'm taking your Do food you, analogy. Here. Just one quick thing. Do you often find I find with these Netflix originals that
0: this often happens. It's very rare that I come out of the cinema and yeah. think
3: Oh, that would be a good series. But with some of the streaming content, there always seems to be potential for more. Is it do you guys think it's because we watch it on a television screen that it makes it less impactful cinematically? Or do you think it is just a combination of the algorithms that are, mm. you know, invented by Netflix in the way that they produce their own original content that they have to put in a certain number of something in there that yeah. gives it off the it gives off the pheromone of a being potential <laughs> a series of some sort i go ahead I, Ranjit, sorry.
2: um i think it's more of what you just said the latter uh, craig um I think, pheromones yeah i think it's very i think netflix has to be very careful about how it how it goes forward with these action films because they're starting to look pretty much the same um that because of how international Netflix is now is, and how you know it's the m- most popular streaming service around the world, um, I'm pretty sure there is some sort of formula that they they tell their writers and stuff to stick to um, to make it, to give it that international appeal. Um, so you know, like we've had Six Underground and Triple Frontier and Extraction and now old guard and we're going to talk about project power like they're all very similar and in their in their mediocrity um and yeah i think uh, honestly like i think netflix shines when it does the more more of the dramas and you know it's um oh what was the one with the adam driver and
1: marriage
2: story marriage story yeah so it, it you know when it when it when it does stuff like that, that's where it really shines. Where they they really show what they they can do. I think it's. This- I think though, Ranji, it's difficult to
3: pinpoint when it is a specifically a funded film by Netflix, where they've got the power. You know, yeah, that's a good something point. where The Irishman that was completely funded by Netflix. Yeah. Um, I believe. But they gave the power over to Scorsese, you know, him and his producers produced that film completely. They just put up the finances. How much input do we think that Netflix had on this? And I think they had a great deal of input, I think.
2: Yeah, I would I would I would think so. And uh, I'll just give you my last thought. Yeah. Um, David, I'm so glad you mentioned believability because there was one scene that infuriated me in this film. <laughs> so it's near the end uh, when the, the final act take place is, t- takes place in, in central London and Charlize Theron is driving a car and she parks on a double yellow... <laughs> they get out. They get out of the car. <laughs> Everything happens in the building. The big fight. Blah blah blah. And then they get back into the car and drive off without a ticket. What? And I, and I unbelievable. That, yes. that, that is
3: unbelievable because that in London would
2: never happen. <laughs> exactly. Right.
3: As soon as you were there, bang! Slap instant, that
0: instant yes. yellow
3: ticket that on ticket the
2: f- is, on your, <laughs> is on your car.
3: Yes, exactly.
2: <laughs> oh, I so... love that, Randy. That's a great analogy there. The moment I saw it, I was like, I said to my brother, I was like, she just parked on a double yellow. And then <laughs> th- there's no, no ticket, no ticket Do you, you
3: pause and rewind just to know <laughs>
2: um, But yeah, um, apart from that, um, I'll be doing Is It Worth It Now? I'll be, yeah, go
3: on, Herbie, yeah. ask us questions.
1: So, yes. Craig, do you think it was worth it?
3: Um, yes, I do. I, I think it's worth it because I am hoping that there will be subsequent films in the future uh, that will provide us more of what we wanted in terms of backstory and history um so that is why i think this is
1: worth it uh Ranjit, do you think this is worth it
2: um yes i do think it's worth it um i do want to see a sequel if a sequel does happen um and i'd love to see um uh, i'd love to see gina prince by with come back to to direct it um So, yeah, I'm going to say it's worth it. But um, I agree with you guys. I think it is just just middle of the road. It's just it's a little average
1: for me. And David, it's your time to shine after jumping the gun earlier. Do you think it's worth it?
0: Yeah, uh, I, I do think it's worth it. This is film. This is a film worth seeing. It's it's just not the kind of film that I would go out of my way to recommend. So there's certain types of movies that when, once I've seen, I'd go up to people that uh, that I know and say, "Oh, by the way, you've really got to watch this." That this isn't one of those films. Like I said, it is. It's. I think it's a bit better than mediocre but it's currently on Netflix and it is it's definitely worth a watch and like uh, like everyone said I think it's perfectly set up for a sequel and potentially a prequel as well. So yeah, for me it is worth it. And finally, Herbie for you, is it worth it?
1: Thank you for asking David. Yes, I think so. <laughs> I think I think it's um despite my ramblings at the beginning, I think you've all sort of clarified a lot of what I was trying to say in the discussion. In that there was a lot good, some not good, but I think, for me, the interesting stuff outweighed the bad stuff, definitely. And like you say, with a sequel coming, that can hopefully sort of iron out some of the flaws and just develop what was had a really solid foundation. So, um, yeah, I would say it's worth it. Lovely, and now you're in for a real treat as we've got another Netflix original to talk about Project Power, which was released on the 14th of August. Uh, In Project Power, a former soldier teams up with a cop to find the source behind a dangerous pill that provides temporary superpowers. Um, Unfortunately, I was unable to watch this film due to the aforementioned technical difficulties that I've been suffering. Um, but I'm sure that these ragamuffins will be able to offer some superb <laughs> insight for you all. Oh. Craig, how about you start us off? Oh, after a clip, actually, because I believe you got a clip pre- prepared.
2: Come on, Frank, we gotta help him. You already did help him. You brought him here. You're not paying attention. He's using you.
0: What? And you don't? At least he's being honest about it. Come
2: on. All right, tell him what you told me. Uh, no, come on, please. You can't give sorry. up. Oh, you cannot give up! I look like your daddy or
1: something.
0: <laughs> it's okay. Down <All> right. <laughs> Dad, the basement!
2: I'm taking him here! He'll never find his daughter if you arrest him.
0: Look, you're both a bunch of cowards!
3: So, yes, I, I did have a clip lined up. I haven't seen the film, um, Herbie, um, and obviously neither of you. So this is going to be an a almost hand-solo review because there'll be two solo reviews, I suppose. It's not even a solo review. It's just Ranji and David. Um, David has actually mentioned to me during that clip that he's actually really intrigued to hear what Ranji has to say first. Um, so, Ranji, we're going to go to you. Um, what did you think of Project Powers? is that what it's called project, project power
2: <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i think that that clip was actually a good one to choose because it's sort of
3: thank god for that
2: you can you can tell just how noisy and loud and unfocused the film felt to me um just you can tell from that clip just how 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 it is uh like that like i just i was really i really did not like this film um I don't even think it's like, you know, brilliant actors like Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon-Levitt can save it because to me it just felt so empty, like there wasn't nothing nothing was sort of uh, uh engaging me with the characters. Um I did like um I believe it's Dominique Fla- uh, Fishback, the uh, the young girl in the film. She was brilliant. Um who plays a sort of um uh, the the young drug dealer that um Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Jamie Foxx team up with. Um, but yeah, I just, it just, it had no focus. Um, I feel like, you know, it's trying to be this new sort of spin on the superhero genre, which we've heard thousands of times already now. Um, the superhero film market has just become so saturated, um, that, you know, I'm, I'm glad that there is some sort of new idea like this coming out, but I don't think this pulls it off well enough to have some sort of, um, you know, meaningful, uh, position in the superhero film genre. Um, it's not based off anything that I know of. Um, I think it is a completely original script. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just you know, it, you take this pill and you get um, you don't know what power you're going to get. But the powers that the show are just sort of boring powers that we've seen in like almost every X Men film or anything else superhero related. There's nothing new it's bringing to the genre. Um, there's not enough of the superhero aspect, there's not enough of the power aspect to this film. It's really light on that stuff. It's more of just, um, oh, you know, we need to go to this uh, gang hideout and this shipyard or this dockyard. Or, you know, it's just just very generic. Um, And like I was mentioning in how the action was directed in The Old Guard, the action in here is just so bland and so poorly directed. You can't really make out what's going on. And it just looks... This film looks so ugly. Um, it's set in uh, New Orleans and I wish it sort of leaned into the New Orleans sort of uh, situation a bit more like it, it mentions it a little bit. Like there's a lot of uh, issues with poverty and uh, the sort of system, the unwinnable system that a lot of people face in New Orleans, especially, you know, people are still be, uh, being affected by the uh, hurricane Katrina. Um, that still is very yeah. much uh, playing an impact on the, the, the lives of people in New Orleans. Um yeah, you know, I wish it sort of leaned into that a little bit more. Maybe then I could have a bit more of a emotional connection to these characters. Um, but it's just very surface level. Um, and another disappointing thing I heard, well, when I look when I was looking into the film, it's written by a person called Mattson Tomlin, and he's actually writing the new Batman film directed by Matt Reeve, starring. Robert uh, Patterson. Pattinson. Pattinson. That's it, Robert Pattinson. Um, which doesn't give me well, you know, you got Matt Reeves at the director's chair, so maybe that can, maybe that does, that does ease my mind a little. But that's you know,
3: very I, intriguing to hear. Actually. Yeah,
2: that is. Uh, I wasn't, you know, sort of too pleased to see that it was the same person writing both films. Um, but yeah, like I said, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is a brilliant actor. Jamie Foxx is a brilliant actor, and even they just can't really sort of save whatever is you know left in in this in this film you know it's like i said it isn't it doesn't really bring much uh anything new to this to this genre um yeah but yeah it it was just a bit bit of a mixed it was just a bit of a mess in my opinion david what did you think
0: yeah i sort of i tend to agree with you ranji i was just sat here listening to to what you had to say and and i really agree with a lot of the points that you had to make it reminds me a bit of a, of a sort of a deflated helium balloon. Um, it just, you know, <laughs> a, you know, a deflated helium balloon, it goes all wrinkly yeah. Yeah. and it's not on the roof and it's not mm. on the floor. It's just sort of bouncing around, feeling sorry for itself. And that's what this film felt like. It wasn't. It wasn't on the roof, so it wasn't like your Marvel superheroes. And it wasn't on the floor. It wasn't terrible either. So again, it was just very, very mediocre. I mean, the Rotten Tomato score: sixty percent from the critics, fifty-seven percent from the audience. Obviously, not a huge number of um, uh, audience scores on there yet because it's still quite new. But uh, just a little bit a little bit underwhelming. I mean, it has an interesting start and this interesting premise and it is very nice and and it's quite a clever idea, actually. Fundamentally, this idea of you take this pill... And you will get, if if it doesn't kill you, yeah. I don't think Ranjeet mentioned that. Yeah, there's, I didn't, yeah. A, there's a potential <laughs> that this pill could over you could overdose on this pill immediately and explode or die. So if it doesn't kill you, and that's a big if, wow, yeah, for five minutes and five minutes only, you're going to get a superpower. But like, and these superpowers are based upon powers, and I'm doing the quotation bunny is that animals have. For example, a chameleon can blend into its background. So one of our um, characters takes the pill and he literally doesn't become invisible, but he blends into his background. Um, another power is animals have the abilities to break bones um, and use those bones as weapons, I believe, wasn't it, Ranji? One of them? Yeah. Um, So it's this certain... That sounds very strange. Yeah. uh, And there's a certain lizard or salamander that can actually lose a limb and regrow it. Yeah. Um, So all these powers are based upon animals, but it's... It's just a little bit underwhelming, and you're not... There's something I can... It's just a bit frustrating. It doesn't feel like a big blockbuster... um, edge-of-your-seat thriller, um, which is a shame. I thought the soundtrack was very good, actually. I don't know what Ranjit thought of the soundtrack, um, but I thought the soundtrack was was very, very effective and really sort of did help with the on-screen action. Look, Jamie Foxx is a brilliant actor. Um, he's an Oscar-winning actor. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I don't believe he's won an Oscar. Uh, I might be wrong, but he's a, he's a fantastic actor. But it was Dominique Fishback who... I. I forgive me I don't know how much stuff she's actually been in maybe um someone could look that up quickly but she was really a show stealer for me yeah, uh, I, I thought her that. her performance in this was 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 very very good the act- the action sequences are solid but they lack the magic of you know your marvel um, those incredible big action sequences. It just felt a bit like that deflated helium balloon. And there is something off about this film, not Artemis Fowl off, um, because that <laughs> because was, that truly, was truly fridge <laughs> rotting. That was truly terrible. Um, but it has, it tries to be a gangster film and a superhero film. And that you may be thinking, what is he talking about? A gangster film and a superhero film. But it does try and do both. And it doesn't really do justice. To, to either, so I think it's got a great concept, but I'm not convinced by the execution um, but for me, uh, that performance, that female performance um, really stood out, and I don't know how much other stuff she's been in but um, she was sensational in this, and I know I use that word a lot but she was really, really good it's probably your favourite word It is. <laughs> I need to t- stop using it
3: Yes. But she I'm going to buy you a thorus f-
0: well, yes, and Ooh. I can use different words but she was she was better than very good. She was the amazing. Yeah. I mean Jamie got really
3: good. <laughs> Fantastic.
0: Thank
1: Superb. You.
0: Superb.
3: Ah, tenacious. Sarcastic.
0: You got Jamie Foxx. You've got
3: Joseph Gordon Levitt. She steals the show. Yeah. It's yeah, really, I, I, really interesting to hear that. Um I've not seen anything about this movie. Um, but by the sounds of it, it's not one that I'm gonna pick up and watch. Um Ranjit, you are about to say that you agree with what everything that David said there. Yeah,
2: yeah. I think Dominique uh, Fishback absolutely steals the show. She, She's acting circles around uh, Jamie Foxx and uh, Joseph called levitt in this film. Um, and yeah, just, just to round off, I guess, um, you know, I, 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 I would say that it's probably not worth it. It's not worth really checking out. Um, I think the, you know, we comparing it to Old Guard. The Old Guard is... is is much better in it's uh, in what it's trying to do, yeah. and it's just a lot more focused. And, it's, and It knows what genre it is, it knows what it needs to do. And this one, you're right, David. It just it's just trying too much. To, uh, it's trying too much, but then it also has too little in it. Like I said, there isn't enough of the powers stuff in it. Yeah, like this, sh- you know, it, it should really be the film's called Project Power, so you you know, and it's all about the pill we're giving you powers. And I feel like there should have been way more of that. Um, on screen and it wasn't so yeah i'm gonna say it's not really worth it what about you david
0: yeah i i agree out of the, it was it was interesting that both of our netflix originals are superhero films mm. and out of the two i feel like there's more substance to the old guard i feel like there's more to draw like like craig said there was a lot of meat on that chicken and only a couple of the wings were taken off, whereas this was a very thin chicken. It was slightly overcooked. In fact, it was very overcooked, and it was looking a bit sorry for itself. Um, It was just quite a sad-looking chicken. Yeah, for me, it was that deflated helium balloon. Wasn't on the roof, wasn't on the floor, just very, very mediocre. And it will pass uh, an hour and a half to two hours of your time, but... For me, no, I, I don't think it's worth it. I wouldn't go out of my way to, to recommend this film.
1: Right, so yes, just before we move on, I, di- I did have a question about the, um, the the usage of the power pill in the film. Um, so if... Uh, I don't know if anyone in the films takes the pill more than once, but do they have the same power yeah. when they take it again? Oh, that's yeah, disappointing. So
2: you, you don't know what power you're going to get, but it's always the same one once you've taken the pill.
1: Okay, that's... Hmm. That sounds quite boring. Like I feel like it. That's a great I way mean, to I mean, I can I can see why you've done it. while well, they've done it from a plot standpoint, because at least there's a bit of consistency. But from watching it for a, a film that's sort of marketed and sort of about you could have any power, it seems a bit disappointing that you only get one power.
2: Yeah, and like I said, like it's just powers we've seen before and like almost in like loads of films beforehand, there's no, there's no sort of originality to, to the powers, which was another letdown.
1: Yeah. And it sounds like, you know, they're a bit more low key for the most part. And the X-Men have done that over the years in varying degrees of success, but it, there's nothing you haven't seen before. Cause X-Men yeah. like they're all mutations and they, they can be literally anything. And there are ones that range from like bone claws coming out your hand. to I mean, yeah. I think I read about one in the comics where a boy develops his powers overnight and it turns out his mutation is that he like releases a toxic gas that kills everyone in like a kilometer vicinity. So he wakes up one morning and like his neighbors are dead, his family are dead. And then Wolverine and goes and like mercy kills him from like, that was very bleak, but like the range of powers you see from being really impressive and exciting to really horrifying and like a bit more low key. And it just sounds like it doesn't really take advantage of the concept that it had. Which is disappointing.
2: Yeah, I think if you're when you're adapt, when you're trying to make a superhero film that isn't based on an uh, an existing uh, comic book or source material, you're gonna fall into that trap of of uh, you know why is it worth our time? Is there anything new that you can bring um, to the table? Like it's it's a very tricky one to to tackle, and I haven't really I can't really think off the top of my head like anything that has done it. Like even maybe chronicle did it but i think that was more of the aspect of the uh the fan footage filming style of it
1: um, the discovery nature yeah
2: yeah more so than the actual powers of the people because again those those are powers we've seen we've seen before in comics but um yeah that's it
3: i i just want to i add a final little bit there because ranji i i completely agree with you on on there's certain aspects of like things like chronicle it's sort of merging two different genres together and i feel like that the found footage and having powers sort of cross together quite quite well with this one it sounds as although the two genres don't merge too well and that's one of its downfalls as well as it being quite an uninteresting and unoriginal um piece really
2: yeah yeah i'd agree with that
3: cool Well, I think that's going to bring us to the end (laughs) There,
1: Yes. And that brings us to the end of Cinema at Home, Netflix episode three. Sorry about the wait, but we hope we've more than made up for it today.
2: If you've enjoyed listening, then please don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Or if you want to help us continue to grow, then please consider checking out our Patreon.
0: Lockdown has slowed some of the progress. Po- po- Lock- <laughs> Lockdown has slowed some of the progress we've been making. So an extra big thank you to our patrons for helping us to keep going. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you.
3: As always, we'd love to hear from you and you can get in contact with us through our various social media platforms and pages. Uh they're on from Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Or you can drop us an email on mymailisworthit is worth it at isitworthitpodcast.com that email address again is and my mail is worth it at isitworthitpodcast.com. and that leads us to the very end of the show where Herbie will say
1: thank you very much for listening and goodbye thanks for listening everyone goodbye thank
3: you very much everyone take care and have a splendid day evening night morning whatever you're doing tatty boo <laughs>
1: <laughs> classic David <laughs>